have your attention. Great to see you all and here we go in uh, to our first workshop. Uh, there would have been in your little um, bag one of these each. Um, it's not a heap, heap of amount of stuff in there but you might want to refer to that every now and then. But look, refreshers are great. I hear people say they just love coming to refresh because it's so refreshing. And I sort of felt like, Scotty, I already feel refreshed. How come? Yeah, well, I've got to tell you what happened to us yesterday. Um, we came down, 10 o'clock, arrived, set up the whole th you know, came up to the room here with all of our gear ready to go. No one's here. Where is everyone? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? And uh, so we went down and said, where's all the Geneva people? And they said... That conference isn't on today. What a shame. And, Beautiful and so, day out there. And so we, we've been here a day already. <laughs> so we're feeling really refreshed. And, uh, and it's been a really hectic couple of weeks and I've been just up to my earballs. Eyeballs? Earballs. <laughs> Earlobes. It's a good day already, isn't it? Yeah. So I've been really sort of absolutely behind on everything and thinking how am I going to get everything done and Kim's just fixed it for me. <laughs> so she just put me further he's, behind. He's but not, anyway, I'm, I'm not quite sure that it wasn't in, intentional. You're still wondering. I'll keep him guessing. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we had the convertible with us, so top down, cruised up the beaches, Palm Beach, boathouse for lunch. That was an interesting thing. She actually knew where she wanted to go for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um, it's great being with you again. We've been here for many, many years and some of you may have already had Refresh One before. Well, you're refreshing on Refresh. Um, for those of you who we haven't met yet, it's great to be here. And uh, our job is to get you in a bit of the practicalities of marriage, to refresh your marriage, just to make you think about you as a couple for a change because you think about everyone else, I'm sure. So this is where we do want you to focus on each other. And uh, we're going to start with um, Refresh One. We matter. We're just going to do a couple of little uh, introduction things. Now, every couple is very unique and uh, we want you to listen to the couples that we show here and how they met their unique story. Well, he was a head counsellor at the boys' camp and I was a head counsellor at the girls' camp. And they had a social one night and he walked across the room. I thought he was coming to talk to my friend Maxine because people were always crossing rooms to talk to Maxine. But he was coming to talk to me. And he said, I'm Ben Small of the Coney Island Smalls. At that moment, I knew. I knew the way you know about a good melon. Squeeze the melon. Is that how you met? Did you know about a good melon? Or what about this couple? We're both born in the same 1921. hospital. 1921. Seven days apart. In the same hospital. We both grew up we one block away from tenements. each other. On the Lower East Side. On Delancey Street. My family moved to the Bronx he when I was 10. lived on Fordham Road. Hers moved when she was I 11. I lived on 183rd Street. For six years, she worked on the 15th floor. I worked for a very prominent as a neurologist. Nurse, where I had a practice on the 14th floor, the very same we building. We never met. Never met. Can you imagine that? You know where we met? In an elevator. I was visiting family. In the Ambassador Hotel in Chicago, Illinois. He was Illinois. on the 3rd floor. I was on the 12th. I rode up nine extra floors just to keep talking to her. Nine extra floors. Oh, very cute, now, isn't that, it? That couple <laughs> has really got to be really married. <laughs> well, um, we're going to tell you where we met. And uh, actually, when we met, um, Scott didn't really look like he does now. He looked a little like this. 
<laughs> a lot more hair. A bit of a beard. How's, how good is that shirt on the, <laughs> the right-hand side there? That was my 21st birthday. How he cool was a that? beach bum and we actually met on Terrigal Beach. Um, it wasn't summertime and um, I was walking up the beach and literally that same guitar slung over a shoulder walking down Terrigal Beach and uh, we sort of did that, I don't know, sort of like that walk past each other and little bit orkies, only two on the beach, and I, and I sort of just said, oh, who's going to listen to you play? And he went... Nobody. Nobody. Go away, crazy woman. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, went up to my, I went up to the car park and I saw the two only cars at Terrigal Beach Car Park. Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> Had a fish sticker on it. I was new to the coast, didn't know anyone. I went, oh, am I game enough to go and say hi? No, yes, no, yes. Anyway, walked down the beach and I said, is that your car up in the car park? Yep. I thought she'd hit it. I thought, there's only two cars in the car park and she's hit my car and where's this going? But I said, are you a Christian? You said, said, yes. Yes, and does that mean I've got to forgive you for hitting my car? <laughs> <clears throat> and she said, so am I, so you haven't hit my car. Good, okay. So, so it was a really nice time. Uh, I said, we'll drag up a bit of blanket and sit down. And so she sat down and we... And we sung songs and we talked and then the sun set behind and it was just a lovely romantic It was evening. very and then romantic. it got cold because it was October. So that's we went enough, to the car that's enough. He goes on forever. He's <coughs> yeah. a bit like that too in the, you know... But what, I did, like, what I did like about um, what attracted me at that point was Kim was real easy to talk to. Um, like, you know, sometimes it can be a bit stilted when you first meet somebody but, you know, um, we're able to talk and chat about a whole range of topics and subjects and it was just a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And uh, it didn't go anywhere at that point. Yeah, it was That's another, another story. story. And we've been married, For see if you get it right. 37 years. 37 years. So the, are we the it, oldest married in the room? It is possible. How long have you been married, Bruce? 42. 42. 42. Give them a there round of applause. Go. Yay. Sold to well the done. couple up in that corner. Yeah, <laughs> we hope good. to get there one day too. Now's a chance for you to talk at your tables. We want you to answer and I think um, if you could just look at the thing. Where did you meet? What first attracted and how long have you been married? Now, we haven't got a lot of time, so I think we'll do it just with two couples. So, t just at each table, have you got pairs? Select two okay. couples. So, just to the couple next to you, away you go, and we'll call you back very soon. Go. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hope that you had time to share a little bit about your marriage. Okay. These not going to be hard to get you guys talking, is it? <laughs> um, so, interestingly enough, 10 years ago when we started doing some marriage stuff, I didn't really feel I needed to talk much about what is marriage um, in churches that have a really strong theological base of marriage. But I'm finding more and more we do need to remind ourselves what marriage is. Um, it just seems that it's becoming very blurry what it really is. And uh, there's, there's two sort of thoughts about what marriage is. With, is it just sort of, you know, I love you, you love me, and away we go. But um, it is really important. But why did I get you to talk about the way you met? That's an interesting thing. Just for fun? Not only for fun. See, what happens in a couple who hit the rocks, who start to, to feel that things are going wrong, they start to wonder about their marriage. Or more importantly, they wonder about their relationship. And I often get a couple who come into counselling to just tell me about their, where they met. Where'd you meet? 
What attracted you? And I'm looking for something. And in fact, last week I had a couple who came and I asked that exact question. Okay, before we get into the messy, how did you meet? And, uh, and she sort of went, oh, uh, we met on the Gold Coast and da ra 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 And he went, we got married way too young. Just like that. I'm going, okay. I've got a, a fond remembrance here and uh, something's wrong from the very beginning there. We didn't have long enough. We didn't know each other long enough. And so what I'm looking for there is he has already started to rewrite history in the light of his present feelings. So he's looking back and going, and you'll hear it from couples, oh, it was a mistake, we never should have, I should have listened to my mum, there were red flags. And maybe there were, but more often than not, he's already starting to check out and he's wanting to justify it by going back and going, oh, we should never have got married, it was too quick. Okay, so it's important that we remember that we made a decision to get married and it wasn't just because we felt, you know, gooey. I mean, we do feel gooey and I know that, you know, it's not like we go up to each other and go, look, we've yeah. been spending a fair bit of time together. Yeah, and I don't really like you. I'm, I'm really picky about yeah, your behaviour. Yeah, but let's get married anyway. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't go, I, I hate you, you hate me, let's get married. We start with very good intentions that we feel we can make a good enough fist about it. But if we're only relying on our feelings, that's where we're going to get unstuck later on. And that couple that I talked to is already getting unstuck because they're relying on their feelings and they're forgetting that marriage is more than feelings. What is marriage? Look at those things. Ordained by God. It's a legal binding covenant for one man and one woman. It's in every civilised society. I find that amazing. It's not like we sort of just made it up on one country and not on the other. Um, it's permanent, sexually exclusive, for the sharing of domestic life, raising of children, foundation of society. And on the back of your little um, booklet, I did take the, this from the um, Australian Christian Lobby, it's just a, a, a picture of the different uh, romantic side of marriage and covenant side of marriage, and that might be worth looking at, because we do need to remember that we um, made vows to each other. We didn't just decide to get married by what we felt, okay? So um, out of the books that I think are quite good on this topic, we've got Married for God, Christopher Ashe, and Timothy Keller's The Meaning of Marriage. And they go into a very strong case for what marriage is. And I'm sure some of you have already read them, but if not, they're um, written in the back of your book too, I think. So let's look at the fact that we actually have a lot of benefits from this covenant called marriage. Guess what, you guys? Married men live longer. Guess what, girls? Married women live shorter. Guess where we do it, eh? We suck the life out of them. That's I what think we so. do. It's just <laughs> It's actually quite a few years, but I think that comes back to God's plan for marriage is that it's not good for man to be alone and he needed a helper and we need each other, but it seems like men need us women more than the other way around. Um, why do you think men live longer than, uh, married men live longer than single men? A few ideas? The wives make them go to the doctor. <laughs> oh my goodness, this come here, Scotty. This is absolutely true. Come here and lean forward. There's a scar from here to here. That's what happened with my cyborg implant. <laughs> <laughs> because no. I go, oh, I don't like the look of that. Better go check that out. Melanoma, not a good thing. Um, yeah, we make them go to the doctor. It's very true. Anything yeah. else? 
Why do married men live longer than single men? Yes. Less risk taking. So single men. I know all the married men are going. I know. I can't I remember jump out those of a plane days. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to climb Everest. All that sort of stuff. But yeah, single men, um, and single men as we go through it too have a a um, well. There we've got better physical and mental health. We feed you better too, don't we? Yeah. Mostly, although men are becoming very good chefs now that there's good cooking shows, I think. Um, there's other things for um, wealthier married men earn more. We would think at equal society we earn the same amount. But married men earn more. Any reasons why you think that's the case? They have wives. <laughs> <laughs> to do everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, if you're in traditional marriage. Stability. Yes. Stability. Meaning they stick at the same job, come yep. up through the ranks a bit. Yeah, as an employer myself, that's, that's absolutely true because if we've got a choice between hiring a single guy or a married guy, we'll hire a married guy because we know he'll probably stick around longer. And, and the reality is he does. He sticks around longer because he's got a family to look after and provide for. And because he sticks around, he actually learns the job better and gets better at what he's doing and becomes into management roles and more responsibility and gets paid more. But and it's not just in income though, is it? No, what's the one thing that... Um most married people do for investment? Buy a house, yeah. Even in Sydney, do you? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so you'll get a little bit more investment happening. And funnily enough, um, the one that sort of you go, oh, I didn't think of that, is that uh, married people get more inheritances than de facto's and singles. It's sort of weird, but I guess it's sort of like if Scott and I were thinking now, where's it all going? If we've got a daughter who's had five different de facto's, we're bit nervous about that whereas we might go hmm that couple <laughs> married with children but that's that's the reality so we are wealthier if we stay married and of course we know that if we split up we start again half assets half everything is hard and um, women especially are debilitated by a divorce lower rates of suicide and depression especially in men again it's not good for men to be alone it gives you purpose I think doesn't it to sort of wake up and know you have to go to work, <laughs> a bit like that. Um, and cohabitors split more easily and often. I think we're being fooled to the fact that cohabitation and marriage are the same thing. Um, it's true, the statistics are true, that cohabitors will split more easily and often and usually before the child's fifth birthday, before they go to school. It's just harder to, to divorce than it is to just leave the home. Um, and, of course, it's always been shown that fathers will have better relationships with their children and children will do better in every way, physically, mentally, emotionally. Children who are staying with their biological parents will do better. And that's not to say that single mums and, and widowed people and all that are not doing their best. They are. But the children just do better if it's a low-conflict marriage where there's the biological parents because... Even if you sort of talk through police records and things, children who are abused, who the police go looking for mostly? What do you read in the papers? The child's turned up abused and they're looking for, or murdered even. Pardon? An ex-partner is one, yeah. Sometimes the father, but more likely. Yeah. 
not even stepfather so much, um, boyfriend. Mum's boyfriend. Mum's boyfriend, mum's latest boyfriend. Mm. So your children, if you are still married and you're raising your own children, they have a way higher um, chance of being well-adjusted, successful, healthy children. And it's sad for the rest of them, but we've got to keep our eyes open for the fact. We need to preserve marriage because look at the benefits for you and look at the benefits for society. It's just amazing. So you didn't just have a party when you got married. You made vows. Look at those two. That's where we still got hair. <laughs> um, we actually make vows to each other and I think it refreshes. It's good to remember. We didn't just have a wedding. Okay? Her hand up who did the, um, the proper vows, you know, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. Mostly Anglicans, are you? Yes. <laughs> who didn't? Anyone who, make who their, made own their own up? vows? Woo! Yeah, a couple got on your mind. We made our own up in the day. Yeah. I remembered them word perfect. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you were more emotional. Yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. But um, mm. we have been to a few weddings lately where we go, what, what are they actually doing? One read out of Winnie the Pooh. Um, and then they said fluffy words. And we're saying, I actually turned to Scotty and what, what did, or you turned to me and said... Are these guys really married? Yeah, like, did, did, they, did they tick all the boxes did here? Did that work? And, like, no. they said they, they, they promised to, to, to be married while ever our love will last. As long as our love will last, yeah. And, and one of the wags at our table said, strike, we bought them a China dinner set. We should have got them paper plates. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, you know that you made vows and that whatever you said, they covered these things. And they're in your book too, I think. I commit myself to you in marriage. Whatever happens, however I feel, whoever I meet, whenever we have problems and until we're parted by death. Oh, look, on your book it doesn't say until parted by death. I'd like you to write that in and I'd like you to write the day that you made those vows to each other. Okay? If you can't remember your wedding day, ask your wife or husband. <laughs> and then just look at each other and go, we made those promises. It wasn't just a party. Hang on, a bit of time needed for people to remember their wedding date. <laughs> Some of them might even remember the, day, the time of day you made that vow. Yeah, we got married at high noon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have huge benefits from being married. Society has huge benefits from you staying married. Your children have huge benefits. And Refresh is about your marriage. It's about building that we and remembering that we. Now, so is it, is it any wonder that if God actually ordains something to be, there's actually a good reason for it that actually has good purpose? So I'm going to have a little game with you just now. You're going to need a bit of space for this. So stand up, move away a little bit. Don't need anything in your hands except each other, but you will need a little space. Okay. Poor Andrew, lean on something. <laughs> All right, just it's going to be really quick. 30 seconds, it's a game, it's a scoring points game. So what you're going to do is you're going to grab your husband and wife's hand and when I say go, you're going to count 
because you get a point for each time you get hand on hip, okay? Ready, got it, set, go! We, 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 we should actually do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I will. I will. And time. 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 <laughs> ah, interesting. Lucy and Liam, what was your score? Ten, Ten to, to two. two. Ten for you. Two for Lucy. You, you let her get two. <laughs> anyone? Anyone else got a higher What's, score than that? Who's got the highest score? <laughs> oh no! What was your score? Ah uh -huh, I'm going to come back to you. Each. Okay. Anyone else? Yes, Kathy. <laughs> he stood there. Okay, sitting down. Interesting. We were up here watching, and this is what most of you did. In fact, Lucy and Liam, Liam were like this. <laughs> you were trying to score against each other. You did. You let your wife score. <laughs> Those of you, I think, who got 30 went, all I said was you get a point for each hip. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's, that's the difference. You assumed it was a competition between each other. No, I didn't say it was. You assume, see. In life. <laughs> in life and in marriage, guess what? It's not you against your wife. It's not him against me. We're not on the opposite side of tennis court. Whack, whack. Trying to we score are, points off each not, other. We are trying to be come on here, the same team. On the same side as a we. And so we could just do this and get lots of points. Because we will then be winning. And that's what the Bible says. It says, you're no longer I, me and mine. You're no longer single. You're no longer trying to score points. Isn't it great when you can stop playing games and you can start being we, us, an hour? And that's what we try to do in this one. Get you to stop thinking about me, I, and mine and remember that you're an us. You're the trouble is we do it all the time, don't we? We do. We always want to score points. It's the person we're living with all the time that we're just trying to score points off. Hmm. Now, for the next page, I think you can turn the page in your book too. There are stages in a marriage and there are different needs in each of those stages too, okay? Now, we call the pre-children the nesting stage. I remember this stage. Oh, the nesting stage. This is where I couldn't get off the phone, you know, because back in those days you had phones that were connected with a cable to the wall, remember? No, no one remembers those ones, you know. And um, and you and you're on the f yeah the yeah those sort of ones, not even the do 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 ones. Anyway, anyway, so get on with it. Anyway, so we'd be on the phone, and I'd say, okay, now it's your turn. You hang up. No, you hang up. You hang up. Yeah, you hang. Are you still up. on? Okay, you got to hang up now. You do it. Okay, bye. <laughs> you still there? I know. <laughs> The nesting stage... Sounds, sounds really bad, doesn't it? Yep. The nesting stage in marriage before children even is just the time that you've got to look at each other, to be with each other. Looking at each other, looking at everything we've got in common. Like my mum's name was Gwen. So it's mine. <sighs> and I love caramel milkshake. Oh, so do I. You know, We're meant to be. It's all that sort of thing where you... <laughs> like where really deep stuff. Really deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
And you might remember that stage. It mightn't have lasted too long for you, but it is a stage where you have time for each other. And when you're setting up house, especially as Christian couples who haven't lived together and you're starting again, the greatest need you have there is to value your differences and set up that we to stop that fighting against each other and go, we're in this together. And that takes a while. I mean, I talk to lots of couples and some of their first years of marriage are shockers. Like, I think they'll never make it. Others have a dream run, you know. It doesn't really matter because you're married. You have to make it work somewhere along the line. But your greatest need is to value the differences and that's what we're going to do in the next se session, a little bit of that. But then you move on to the married with young children but stage. By, but by the way, why doesn't that last? Because you have that, children. Why does that love last, right? Now, if you don't realise it, that's actually drug-induced. Um, it is, as a drug called oxytocin and dopamine are released into your system through that stage of life. And when you think about it, I think that's actually a blessing of God that brings it to you because, as you've probably worked out by now, you and your partner are very different. And, and if you get two completely different people and smash them together, how's that going to work? Uh, and I think that God gives us these hormones, these drugs, to help us to solidify the vows that we've got and actually fall into an attachment love with each other um, that will, will serve time. Yeah. And so, it, so it's not the case of where that love is everything. You know, we sometimes think, wouldn't it be nice to be always like that? But the problem is nothing can get done hmm. because you're just looking at each other all the time. So, so if you're moving it. on to the stage where you're married with children, yep. it's, more, it's, it's not so much this so much. It's like... It's like we're holding hands <laughs> and we're facing the world together. We're facing the world we're together. We're in partnership. We basically have to. There's so much that has to be done in that, in that stage, isn't it? Married with young children. We call it the collaborating stage. It's just, there's just too much for one person. And um, I know that with four young children of our own, you know, it was basically like we just got to survive this somehow. <laughs> I, I remember there was a time where Kim and I were having a bit of a tough time in our marriage and, and it was just not a lot of fun. But we looked out across the table and the four kids are there and there's the arguments and the food fights. You probably don't have them at your house. But, but it was just really all on and the kids were screaming and yelling at each other and all that sort of stuff. And I looked at Kim and I said, you know, we've got to make this work. We've got to make this work because we'd have such a problem with a custody battle because neither of us want the kids. <laughs> you know, we, we keep telling our kids that all the time and they sort of get the drift of it. But it, was, it is actually quite true. Yeah. You know, there is a lot to keep you together because there's just too much for one person to do. And, and I think in your, your churches when you've got um, your divorced people or, or widowed people, it's, it's a single, single parents, it's a really tough gig to do that. And uh, you said another thing too once. You said, uh, <laughs> "What?" You said, "We we we never knew what true happiness was until we had children." And then it was too late. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my kids go, "Oh, Dad!" <laughs> but you know, it, the greatest need in that, as I've written in your book, is to have me time and we time. The fact that couples can have absolutely, you know, you feel like. You're, being, you're giving out all the time and you don't get that time just yourself that you used to have and you don't get time together that you used to have. It's really hard to get that wee time. Now, you've got two days. It's great. But, you know, you, you can go for years. We, we run marriage seminars and sometimes the couples that come away have been married 20 years and never been away together, never had any wee time. It's, like, important that you get it and that you remain. The marriage is important. Because you have promised each other to each other. 
Now, you've taken on the responsibility of having children, but they will grow up and leave home one well, let's day. Let's move on to this before we go. The yeah. marriage with teenagers yeah. and young adults. I see this more of this sort of... This is, a, this is sort of the stage where you, you're together, but it's almost like... I don't know. It just feels like it can get a little bit tentative. Tenuous. You're just sort of because just you're in this on. adapting stage where there's so much happening, and by that time, usually you've got parents that are aging, um, you know, perhaps even dying. You've got responsibilities both ends, you know. Um, your teenagers aren't necessarily turning out the way you wanted, and there's troubles there. Uh, there's there's harder work. Some, especially, I guess, with, with ministry couples. There's just more to do. Um, and you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt to job losses and, and debts and dying and friends yeah, divorcing. So, so whereas collaborating was, here we are, we're taking on life together, yeah. this adapting stage is really where you're getting to an age where life starts throwing a lot of stuff at you. Hmm. And it can be really tough as you're getting older. And I think the greatest need there is to support and encourage each other. What I hear from a lot of women is, it's just not there for me. I'm doing this on my own. Uh, And it may go the other way too, where you don't feel that support. But when your tough challenges are coming, you need to know that he or she is your biggest fan and is sticking with you through it. And uh, I think that's the adapting stage can be very dangerous there. And then you guys are a fair way away from empty nest, but it is a renewing stage where, you know, you finally get your house back and you just look at each other and go, oh, my goodness. Who are you? Oh, I remember you. I met you on a beach one day. (laughs) And we had fun together and we can enjoy being together in that renewing stage. But as I say, you've got a a need there of shared interests and good communication because what can happen in that adapting stage, if you're not there, you're not encouraging each other and you've lost each other, you will end up being married singles, so parallel lives, not touching very much. And our parallel lives, basically I will hear from women quite often, I'm doing this on my own anyway and the next 20 years looks pretty sad. And sadly, if they're not convinced of the covenant marriage they've made... They will just think it's easier on my own. I think that's really sad. I don't hear that from men too much, but I do hear it from women. I've done the adapting stage on my own. I've done the hard yards. My turn. And uh, and I think that's sad because you won't get that renewing stage together. So we have a couple talk now for you, just with your husband and wife. Couple talk one in your book. What stage are you in now, and how are you going meeting that greatest need? So the greatest needs are down there. And then talk about the next stage looming in front of you. What excites you about it and what concerns you about it, okay? We'll um, pop some music on for a little while and give you five minutes to talk there. Okay, come on back. For those of you who put up collaborating or the married with young children, hand up those people who are in that stage. Married with children, not teenagers yet, quite a few of you. Uh, we just want to know, want you to know that we really feel for you. And here's, a, here's someone else who feels for you. Um, a funny little clip before we move on to the next thing. And there are people in this room who do have children and there are people in this room who don't have children. 
And the people who don't have children, um, they think they know, don't they? They think they know. <laughs> they know what it means to have children. Sometimes they chat about it, don't they? And they're little couples, you know, oh, I'd love to start a family one day with you. It'd be lovely. You'd make a really good dad. Oh, I think you'd be an amazing mum. So, wouldn't it be so lovely having little, little, little versions of you and me running around? I'd love to have a family. And you think you know what you're talking about. You have no idea. You have no idea what it's like. You have no idea how difficult, how difficult things will become in your life. Things that you don't even consider to be things will become nearly impossible when you have children. I'm talking about things like leaving the house, for example. This is how people without children leave the house. Shall we leave the house? Yes. This is how I leave the house almost every day. Lucas, Oscar, come downstairs. We're late. Why aren't you downstairs? Put your shoes on. I don't know where my shoes are. Put your shoes on. Go and find your shoes. Where did you see them last? On my feet. After that, get your shoes on. Come here, come here. Arms up, arms up, arms in, arms in, arms up, arms up, arms in. That's my wife. She's so tired. She can't dress herself. Arms in. What arms, darling? Where are we going? I want to go to bed. Where are we going, darling? Tony, you've got Lucas's shoes on your hands. I found your shoes, darling. You put your shoes on. Where's Ozzy? Come downstairs! We're late! Put your coat on. I don't want to wear my coat. You childless people. You have no idea. Driving? You go driving. You drive in cars, don't you? Driving along. Yay! What's the biggest drama you have to put up with? Oh, it's a bit chilly. Oh, put the blower on. Oh, that's nice now. Oh, oh look, they've opened a new Carluccio. We should go there. We could go there. Any night. We could go there any night. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> Sleeping at night. This is how people without children. Yeah, most nights, yeah. Good night, darling. Good night. Good night. Sometimes you go, sleep well, and the other one goes, I will. I will. That's how cocky, how arrogant you are. I will, I know I will. Good night, darling. Have a good sleep. Good night. It's been a long time since my wife and I said good night to each other, okay? <laughs> Now we just go, good luck. <laughs> good luck to you today. All through the night, they're screaming, Daddy, 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 Daddy! Sometimes they just wake up wide awake in the middle of the night. I'm asleep, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I wait, you know, and sometimes you just, you don't realize it, but you sort of half open your eyes. Sometimes when you sleep, I half open my eyes. My son is in my face. <laughs> What do you want? I want to go to school. Go to school? What are you talking about? It's to go back, go back to bed. I've got my shoes on. You do, you found your shoes. <laughs> I fixed my jacket. How the hell did you... Oh, up. What are you doing? It's two o'clock in the morning, you idiot. Go to bed. Where's Ozzy? He's by the front door. He's never been there in his life. It's two in the morning. I have no idea. I imagine some of you that looks like Sunday morning. <laughs>
But yeah, you are. You do get through it, and I think it's great to laugh and to realise you're in that stage together. Be a strong we in that one. So let's move on to the the stool. We do a little bit each year on the we, the friends, the partners, and the lovers. So just in partnership, in partnership, I just want us to think about our friendships and what that means. So in your group, but actually not in your group, just the two of you. We're running. Um, it's too big to do. The two that you talked to before. Talk about your closest friendship that you have outside of marriage and what you appreciate about it. And then, um, in what ways is that same or different to a friendship that you have with your husband or wife? Okay? So just in your fours, we'll give you a few minutes to talk about friendship. The, the thing with friendship is, we understand it's important to be good friends with our husband and wife. Um, that is one of the stools, to be friends, partners and lovers. But the funny thing is, what we like about our friendships with other people and what happens in our marriage. There's this thing that happens. We accept our friends' differences a lot better than we accept the differences in our mate. Okay, so a a relationship can sort of go this way, where we first meet each other. I can't believe we have so much in common. Sort of that blending nesting stage. Actually, in some ways we are very different. Mm -hmm. We really are so different, we were just too different. Now, in marriage law in 74 or 76 or whatever it was, do you remember, well, some of you are too young, <laughs> um, what was the change in the, um, the marriage law? All we had to prove was? No fault divorce. It wasn't irretrievable ba- breakdown, but it's close. Irreconcilable differences. Yeah, irreconcilable differences. That's all you have to prove. And I think it's interesting that in our friendships, we can be friends with people with lots of differences, but we don't have to live with them, do we? (laughs) And so we accept differences a lot better in friendship than we do in marriage. But what we've got to do is to learn that sometimes... Next slide, Scotty. What first attracts us to someone else ends up infuriating us. We often look at what's in someone else and think, oh, there's a little gap. I like that. That fills up my gap. (laughs) And then we start living with them. So um, it can look a bit like this. Like she married him before he... She married him because he was such a strong man and she divorced him because he was so domineering. He married her because she was so fragile and cute and he divorced her because she was so weak and helpless. She married him because he looked like a good provider, but she divorced him because all she thought, all he thought about was work. And she married him because he was romantic and fun-loving, and she divorced him because he was shiftless and a party boy. Those last two especially, they really ring true. I could see that happening. I look at you, I like what I see in you that I don't have. I love it to start with, and then it just drives me crazy. Now, what we're going to do is a little exercise with you to first recognise your differences and then work on them a little bit. So your couple talk too in your book has a few differences either side. Okay, we've got active, relaxed, spontaneous, cautious, spender, saver, lots of them. When we sometimes do this, people go, I can think of another (laughs) ten that we're dealing with, and maybe you can. But uh, what I want you to do in your own book, so you do this yourself, not as a couple first, in your own book, I want you to put your initials and your husband or wife's initials where you think they go on that spectrum. So for Kim and Scott, I've done this on my own. I put K up close next to active and S far more relaxed. Then I put S more spontaneous and K more cautious. But then you skipped a whole bunch. Pardon? Then you skipped the yeah, whole yeah, bunch. Does that mean we're hard. the same or you just... 
Early bird and night owl. See, we're both up the night owl, but Scott is way in the night owl, okay? Some people go, oh, they're off the page. <laughs> so, um, but I want you to do it on your own first, and then we'll call time for you to share with each other, and you'll even notice how different you are in how you fill it out, okay? So, we'll pop the music on. Do it on your own first. Put both yours and your husband or wife's initials. All right, calling you back to order again. Even if you're not finished, you've got plenty of time this couple of days to chat to each other. Now, it wasn't to see if you were the same, but it's just interesting. Hand up if you sort of nailed it, like you and your husband realise you're different, but you knew it and you got the, the um, things the right. Yeah, pretty similar. So you've got to know each other, quite a few of you. Um, remember we said in that first stage, it's recognising these differences and working with them that uh, means that you end up having a smoother ride to value those differences. Of course, we are different. Here's a little story from um, Bill Hybels that Scotty's going to read out about he managed to work out differences between him and Lynn. Lynn was more structured and organised than me. For myself, I preferred a more spontaneous approach to life, a make-it-up-as-you-go kind of approach. I found her penchant for planning rather charming, but several years into our marriage, the fascination turned into frustration. I began to resent some of the very qualities that had attracted me to her initially. There was the structure issue. She simply could not live with question marks. She always wanted to know the plan, like where we were going on vacation, what we were going to do, all in advance. Now I've come back a full circle to deep appreciation of the differences between us. Because Lynn is an introvert, our home is a safe and tranquil place. It's a refuge. My life is crowded to overflowing with people and I need a wife who knows how to keep life in order. Thanks to Lynn's preference for structure, we have an organised home. We have clean clothes, we have a healthy diet and we've got a budget that works and we've got two children who know how to sit down and finish their homework. And I have to admit that some of our adventures have actually been enhanced by her thoughtful planning. Many times I was tempted to take out a hammer and chisel and reshape Lynn into a replica of me, and I even tried a little now and again. Thank God I didn't succeed. I realise now that one of me is plenty in our home. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end it. One of me is plenty. But we do. We do try and chisel each other. We do try and uh, make the person bend more to who we are and what we are instead of valuing some of it. And it is hard to value something. Some things are irritating. But we've got to start there at least. Okay, now I have a husband who just loves spreadsheets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know there are forums on the internet where you can talk to people about formulas that go in spreadsheets? Go on, give it up for the guys who like spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, you know who you are, the girls, yeah, you know who you are. It really <laughs> drives me crazy sometimes how much time he will spend on spreadsheets. Uh, but then again, I have the but because Scott spends heaps of time on spreadsheets, but I realise that his difference to me in being that organised means I have, we have finances in order. And, you know, one holiday we had, he even had a spreadsheet for what was in the luggage. <laughs> really. And then we lost the luggage. And it was really easy to claim on insurance. <laughs> and it was really easy to know who didn't have ski clothes. And so I have, to, I have to keep reminding myself that I get benefits out of his differences. I can fight them, I can chisel him. He's not going to change on that, but I get benefits. And I think sometimes we need to start there. We do it with our friends, 
We accept their differences, but we've got to do it with our husbands and wives. But we don't have so to live with our friends. I know, but we do have to work through what is critical, what's terminal and what's just a difference. Differences aren't bad, you know. Sometimes they're great. You balance each other out. But here's a couple of people who've managed to work out. We've done that. Next one. Um, so I want you to look at the differences that might be causing you frustration in your marriage. Maybe one will all get time for. And write down how you might view it in a positive light. So here's an example. So, so Sally is so sensitive, it's easy to make her cry, but she's also sensitive to me and she's a good friend. Harry's a hoarder. He won't throw anything out. But he saves us money make fixing things is what he has lying around the house. It might be hard and I might be asking you to do something. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to turn that into a positive spin, but I'd like you to try. So choose one. <laughs> think about how you can write it in a... This is the difference causing me frustration, but... And then you're going to pass it over and uh, have a bit of a laugh with each other. Okay, here you go. Okay, if you, if you had a good talk about your difference... Positive spin. Okay, has anybody got a um, a good one they'd like to share? Brave a brave person. Anybody, anybody got a good one they'd like to share? A po- just as an example of a positive spin. No one's game. Oh, I got on your Conan. Right, so so that's a helpful thing for you. She's more chilled. Anybody else? Yes. Ah, okay. So a night owl have good conversations with the children after youth group when you're out to it. Yeah. Anybody else? Any funny one? All right, I'll I'll share with you a funny one that one of the couples came uh, one time before in our church. We've got a couple called Matt and Ange and they don't mind us sharing this one. Uh, they came to one of our marriage courses 10 years ago and they said, and he said, uh, his, his one was, Ange is so messy, every time I get in the car, it is just full of apple cores. But at least I know she's eating healthy. They recently came to another one of our marriage courses 10 years later and he said, it's the same one, I still have to keep saying it to myself. So there you go. And that's the thing, our differences will be different (laughs) for a long time. I think we do grow a little bit more like each other as time goes on. I think we do learn to accommodate. But basically there will be some differences in your marriage that you will just live with for the rest of your life. And you've got a choice then. Are you going to fight it? Are you going to chisel away at each other? I mean, it's, there is a way to ask for change and for request things to be different. And we'll do that next, next session tomorrow. But there is some part of it which just means this is the person God gave me. This is the one I committed to. Um, and his differences or her differences actually enhance my life in lots of ways. And I need to put on different glasses and start looking at them in a different way. Because if you don't, you will start to build resentment. And that's not fair. That person's personality, none of those differences are evil. None of them, either side, are wrong. They're just different. And that's, that's going to help you survive in all sorts of ways through the stages of marriage. Um, and it'll certainly help you as, you as you move on to just value those differences that you have with each other. So we've wrapped up for now, um, which is right on time. Very happy about that, Scott. <laughs>
Thanks for having us for this, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Yep.